Welcome to our Friday edition of the Ultimate Division crossover for the AFC South. We have given you four episodes throughout the week covering each team in the AFC South in order of their finishing standings. We did Texans on Monday, talked my Titans on Tuesday. We talked about the Colts on Wednesday and then the Jags yesterday. We are going to finish off today's Valentine's Day episode talking about all of the teams in the division and how they will stack up against each other, against the other divisions that they are crossing over with. We are going to talk about the players we love from our teams in a fun Valentine's Day segment to to round out the week. So appreciate you guys being with us throughout the entire week of this Ultimate Division crossover. Of course, I am your division captain, Tyler Rowland, from the Locked On Titans podcast. For this Friday show, we actually do have Evan Sidery from the Locked On Colts and John and Cody from the Locked On Texans. How are you guys doing on this Friday? Doing great. Doing great. Can't wait to dive in with you guys, Tyler, Evan, uh, me and Cody over here. Just excited to kind of have this fun Friday edition for Locked On Sports, man, for the football. It's been a fun ride. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, appreciate you guys obviously being a part of this, everybody getting together to uh, get some good content out there for this week. I want to start here. Evan, if you don't mind, lead us off here. How do you think the Colts will stack up in 2020 against the other division rivals? How do you see them doing against the Titans, the Texans, and the Jaguars? Um, It's an interesting question because obviously the Colts have so much influxes coming off season. I'm going to go – Second to last, I, I say they'll finish in the same spot they did this year in third place. And also they finished just ahead of Jacksonville. I know Tony's on here, but uh, I would say that Jacksonville probably finishes last and the Colts probably at 8-8 eight and eight finish in third. I think that what the Titans did this year in the playoffs, plus the Texas winning division with Deshaun Watson, I think at least next year until the Colts have a, a better quarterback in place, I think probably 7-9, 8-8 eight and eight is probably where they finish up. Yeah, and and with everything in flux for the Colts, it's something I I, I think Tony might have mentioned during our Colts episode that three wins here and there, and I agree the the Colts will probably be right in there, but if things break right, you know, you get those three wins the right way, you never know what will happen. John and Cody, uh, both of you guys, feel free to give us your uh, your take. How do you think the Texans match up against the Titans, the Colts, and and the Jags? How do you how do you think they'll play against those teams this year? Um, I, to be honest, the only team that I'm actually worried about going in, going into 2020 is you guys, um, the the Titans, and that's only due to the fact that we've seen you guys put on a pretty remarkable run to close out last season. I believe you guys won seven of your last ten. Um, you actually put on a great playoff performance against New England. You put on a great performance and shocked the world when you beat the Baltimore Ravens, and it. You know, unfortunately, you guys fell victim to Kansas City like we did, but you guys actually played them a hell of a lot more better. If you are able to keep Ryan Tannehill, if you are able to keep Derrick Henry, which I am sure you guys will, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be possibly the team to beat in this AFC South. I know that that is saying a lot, given the fact that there are a lot of hopes surrounding the Houston Texans, but... At the end of the day, this is a team that has some holes that need to be filled. And what I don't want to see the Texans do is continuously do what they always do. And that is not only do you let important people 
important players walk out of your franchise, but you replace them with one-year deals when guys, you know, they're, they're going to give it their all. And then next thing you know, you, you're going to have to end up paying them a lot more than what you would have originally had to have paid them um, going into of, of the previous offseason. So the Texans are in a, a good situation for the most part, but I honestly do believe that this might be you guys' division if the Texans don't get their act together. Absolutely, I'm I'm I, I'm scared of the Titans. Their formula is something that I don't believe that they will break. Run the ball and throw the ball when you need to. When you have to throw the ball, then you have AJ Brown. Another thing is you're going to have a full off season with a clear cut better quarterback than what you went into the off season last year, when you went, you decided to go with Mariota as your starter. So Tannehill. With a full offseason, with a second-year receiver in A.J. Brown, Corey Davis solidified in his second role, Derrick Henry, hopefully they get their contract situation taken care of. The Titans are the team that I'm most scared of, and that's only because the Titans, not the Titans, I'm sorry, the Colts still have some areas on that team that I'm not sure can be immediately fixed over the course of one year. The Titans were being held back at one position, that position has been fixed. Right. The Colts have some areas that they need to really take time out and fix before I can say, okay, I'm scared of the Colts. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it'll be something that, uh, that will be interesting to see shake out. I think one thing that we all agree on, and, and since Tony isn't here, we, we get to do this. I think the Jags are going to come in last. I don't see how they have an avenue to to making any noise in this division. I, I don't see uh, them having the pieces in place. Do do any of you guys disagree with that at all? No, I, I don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Jinx, that was crazy. <laughs> no, I, I think like uh, honestly, like five or six wins probably is the ceiling for this Jaguars team. I think they're going to lose Yonk and Gakwe in free agency. I'd be surprised if they kept him. It just seems like the Jaguars keep going in a cycle as far as like not being able to improve that one year they went to the Ace game. But after that, it's been kind of the same old, same old for the Jaguars. And I think this year, just too much lack of talent on that team, then I think they're probably going to be a five or six win team, to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. I, I, I think that whether they go with Foles or Minshew, just the, the structure there, everything going on, the fan base is so toxic right now with the London situation. I, I don't really see them, you know, being able to to make noise or having a, a positive season. But I guess you you never do know. We we will see about that. I do want to ask you guys, we talked about how we will match up with each other in the AFC South. But the Titans have some common opponents this year as the scheduling cycle moves along. And the one division that they're going to play all of in the AFC other than our division is the AFC North. So the Titans and the Jaguars and the Colts and the Texans will play the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Ravens this year. How do you guys think we are going to stack up against them? Evan, what, what's your take? How do you think this division will do against them? And then, you know, specifically the Colts, how do you think they will match up with some of those teams? Yeah, divisionally, I'm just curious to hear your guys' thoughts on each one, the Spurs, Titans, and Texans go. Because I think for the from the Colts' side of things, it's going to be a rough stretch, especially against the AFC North this year. 
I think Joe Burrow with the Bengals, they're not going to be able to have a Cinderella run this year to the playoffs. But I think it'll be a lot much improved team with Burrow at quarterback. I think the Colts will win that game against Cincinnati, but the rest of those games, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and you also toss in Baltimore. I just don't see how the Colts are going to win any of those games, especially against those high-powered offenses that Cleveland could have. And also, Lamar Jackson will be Luke Solis' stadium, so that will be fun to watch. But I think Lamar Jackson going to be going off against, against the Colts at the same time. So I think one and three for the Colts probably is what they're going to do against the AFC North this year. Yeah, uh, uh, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags is back with us here. Tony, right now we are just talking about how this division, the AFC South, is going to match up with the AFC North this year, who we all play. So that would be the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. We will have John and Cody go after you, but since you just hopped in with us, how do you think your Jaguars will stack up against the AFC North this season? That's that's a good question. I got to tell you this, though. Uh, when you turn 50, things happen to your body and, and you can't control them. So that's why I was with you guys for a few minutes. Uh, getting older, man, and that's that's part of life. But somebody's laughing, I hear them. But um, I, I, you know what? They've all they've always kind of done good against the Colts. They have. And they've always – I call the Titans the ingrown toenail for Jacksonville. They kind of – exercised those demons on the Thursday night last year, and then they went up and got smoked by by the Titans uh, again later in the year. Um, the Texans are a problem. The Texans are a problem, and, and they have been a problem for Jacksonville recently um, with Deshaun Watson. And he, he's just a guy that can win the game by himself. And now that they don't have Jalen Ramsey to go up against DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one, it, it's, it's going to be even more of a problem. So um, – I look at it, and Shaq Khan basically said this the other day. He said that they have to win those division games, uh, the six games that they have in the division, uh, at least a split. A split gives you a shot, but without a split, they don't have a chance uh, against the division. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense, and that's something that, that we talked about. I appreciate you answering that. As for the AFC North with the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns and the Steelers, how do you think the Jaguars will do going up against those teams? That doesn't – you mean against the NFC North? The the AFC North this year, AFC the North. the AFC South teams, uh, all of our teams will be going up against the AFC North team. So all of us have to play them this year, and uh, kind of just going through how you think they might do against against that division. They've had success against Pittsburgh, even when Pittsburgh was good with Antonio Brown. That's how they got to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago. They actually beat them uh, in the regular season, and then they they beat them in the uh, divisional. Uh, so they've had success against against them uh Cincinnati I think it's going to be a while I don't care if they get Joe Burrow Joe Namath or whoever Cincinnati for for years have had a really really poor scouting department and they haven't invested money into that area so I don't think Cincinnati's an issue uh Cleveland who knows I mean what are you going to get I think they made a really good hire in Kevin Stefanski and, and made a real good move with the GM but that doesn't change overnight but they're supremely supremely talented and that might be a problem for Jacksonville. Baltimore is going to be a problem. Baltimore is built to beat Jacksonville. Lamar Jackson was on the board when the Jaguars took Taven Bryan. Now, I know I, I talked about them passing up Mahomes and, and Watson for Fournette. Another one is the fact that Lamar Jackson was sitting right there and Blake Bortles had been here for four years. And they passed him up and they took a defensive 
tackle, a three technique who's probably not even going to be a starter. And if he is, it's a problem for this team. Lamar Jackson is going to be a problem. He's a Florida kid, too, uh, for Jacksonville. I don't think they'll beat Baltimore as long as Lamar Jackson is their quarterback. It just won't happen. Cody and John? Uh, I, I think when I look at how we're going to fare, I think it's an even split. I can see a 50 50 tie between wins and losses when we look at our division compared to uh, theirs. Uh, the Ravens, if everything continues in the trend it's been going for them, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Um, I'm very curious to see what Pittsburgh is going to do at quarterback if they're going to go ahead and try to take one just in case Big Ben is either not healthy or if he's on the field, he's just not as good anymore because we know those two options that they had when Big Ben went down is complete garbage. Um I'm interested to see what the Cleveland Browns can do with Freddie Kitchens gone. I think that guy was in over his head from game one of the preseason. That's how bad of a position I thought he was in. And then, like we said, the Bengals are the Bengals. Uh, nobody has any faith in them. Uh, so I can see an even split, but I do think it'll be some very interesting battles. We're going to see Watson – Jackson played twice. Then we're going to see uh, Tannehill and the Browns play twice. I think that's going to be two fun matchups right there because Nick Chubbs versus uh, Derrick Henry, presumably so if he's back, which I think he will. And then I'm hoping to see an elevated Baker Mayfield and also a more comfortable, more open offense for Ryan Tannehill for the um, Titans. So I think those are the two teams were the four teams and two matchups that I'm interested to see over the course of next year. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do agree. I think from the Titans perspective, uh, going up against the Steelers has always been an issue for them, but with where the teams are at right now and the game being in Tennessee, I think that the Titans have a good chance to beat the Steelers. I'm with you guys. I think beating the Bengals shouldn't be that big of an issue, even if Burrow is an upgrade at quarterback. The Browns, like most of you said, can go either way, but the Titans really took it to the Browns at the beginning of the 2019 season. So I'm thinking at home, the Titans should still have success against them. And, and the Ravens could go either way. The Titans may have knocked the Ravens out in the playoffs, but with Lamar Jackson, that offense, that defense, and that coaching staff, you never really know how the game is going to turn out. It's just as likely the Ravens could come out and smack the Titans next year just because both teams are good, and, and sometimes good teams have really good days. So you can never put it past Baltimore to have an explosive day. We are going to move into our second segment talking about the NFC division that all of the AFC South is going to play and how we're going to match up against those before we get into a little bit of Valentine's Day fun and, and talk about some players we love on our teams. So we are going to do that next. This year, the AFC South will be going up against the NFC North. So that'll be the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and the Detroit Lions. So all AFC South teams will have their chance to go up against those four opponents. We will talk about how the AFC South teams will fare in that division versus division crossover. So I will start with you, Tony Wiggins from the Locked On Jags. How do you feel the Jaguars will do against those NFC North common opponents that we are all going to play, the Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears? 
Uh, great quarterbacks will beat this team, especially in a year of transition. The one thing that that disturbs me a little bit, I, I, I like Todd Walsh. He's always really, really been uh, nice and, and engaging and honest, and he, and he doesn't run away from questions. But too many times we hear him come out on a Monday or Tuesday and say, we got it wrong. We Like, for instance, they played coverages against Patrick Mahomes last year, and he said, Basically, we, we shouldn't have done that. Or we did this and we shouldn't have done it. Or, you know, so he owns up to stuff. But my thing is, is when you're the defensive coordinator, at some point taking accountability for schematically preparing your team incorrectly more than once and twice and three times, then it becomes, okay, well, what are you doing? And I think when you play Aaron Rodgers, that's a problem because you can't go in there hoping to have success when you play uh, what Kirk Cousins has to offer because of the fact that he has two Pro Bowl talent uh, level wide receivers as well as a running back. I do believe Nagy will rebound a little bit. I don't know if uh, Trubisky is going to be his quarterback. And even if he is, I think you'll see a, a backup that will be, whether it's Cam Newton or whether it's uh, uh, Jameis Winston or somebody, they'll be able to, to, figure out how to matriculate the ball down the field because of the Andy Reid principles that he uses. I just don't see him playing well against those teams in that division. They'll probably beat Detroit because they're, they're all over the place, but I, I see one in three and I hope to be uh, more positive, but I, I just can't be because honestly, I don't trust Todd Wash as the defense coordinator of the Jaguars. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, uh, Cody, what are your thoughts on the NFC North and how the Texans match up? Um, <clears throat> I think the Texans going to match up pretty well. I mean, the only team that actually has my concern, well, two teams, honestly, is um the Packers and the Vikings. I mean, you're talking about um, two teams that was really successful this year. And it goes back to what I, what I said earlier in the week. Um, the, the Texans secondary needs to improve, and I would hate for us to have a weakened secondary or the same group of secondaries when we have to face against Aaron Rodgers because I do believe that is a game that the Houston Texans might get embarrassed in. Uh, it, it's definitely a possibility. Evan, what, what are your thoughts on the Colts' prospects going against the NFC North? Yeah, really tough blow for this Colts team going against the AFC North, or NFC North because – good defense with the Bears, Khalil Mack. I'm really worried to see what Jacoby Brissett does against Khalil Mack and that Bears defense. That could be really, really ugly for them. You have Green Bay. You have Minnesota's defense, too. Green Bay's improved on that end as well. Detroit, I think it's the, the lone win out of this stretch for this Colts team. I think one in three probably makes the most sense for this team. And if you add up to going against the AFC opponents, the common opponents for the AFC South and the Colts play alongside the Texans, Titans, and the Jaguars, that brings me to two and six out of the outside division opponents for the Colts. So, it could, if we're going off my predictions alone, it could be a rough year for this Colts team. You know what? If it is, I hope it's not. I want the Colts to be 7-9 and nine again, 8-8, eight because eight, wouldn't it just be the luck of the Indianapolis Colts to have a terrible season this year, get the first pick, and get Trevor Lawrence? Like That, that hey, would that, just be there we go. Colts. Yeah, so I'm hoping the Colts actually win a few ball games this year, even though I, I can't stand them, just so they don't luck into another generational uh, quarterback and get a third 
try at that for the Titans. I think that the Packers will be a tough game, but a really interesting game with Matt LaFleur being the former offensive coordinator of the Titans and then going to be the head coach of the Packers. So I think that 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 could be a pretty tough game for the Titans. Anytime you go up against Aaron Rodgers, you know, you got to watch out and that'll be played in green Bay. We know their home field advantage, same thing playing at Minnesota for the Titans, the two toughest teams in the division, the Titans have to play on the road this year. So, there is a chance that those could be losses just with how well those teams play at home. And then you look at the Lions and the Bears. I think the Titans should beat both of those teams playing in Nashville. So could come out two and two. I think that the Titans could easily go three and one against the AFC North. So coming out there looking at five and three in those eight games for the Titans, I think that 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 would make sense. I could see it, you know maybe six and two, maybe four and four, but five and three is where I would settle. That's going to wrap up our conversation about, you know, how we would line up against the the common opponents that the AFC South will have, the two divisions that all of us will be playing. We are going to jump into a Valentine's Day inspired fun conversation in our final segment about just some players that, you know, Cupid hit his arrow on us when we watched them play. So we are going to talk about that to wrap things up and, and get us into the weekend. We are back here for our final segment of the Ultimate Division Crossover. It has been a great week full of some really good insight from all of the Locked On experts that we've had on our show. Of course, I am your host, Tyler Rowland of the Locked On Titans podcast. We have Tony Wiggins of the Locked On Jags, John and Cody from Locked On Texans, and Evan from the Locked On Colts podcast here to finish us off. We're going to have some fun on this Valentine's Day and talk about some players that we love. So if you guys would want to get everybody's, you know, answer here, who is one player on the team that you cover that you just love watching play? You really enjoy covering them. One player, the one that takes the cake for you that that you enjoy the most. We will start with Evan from the Locked On Colts. Evan, who is who's your favorite player that you would say you are in love with to cover on the Colts? It's a tough one for me because both are from the 2018 draft class. They both have been the top players in the Colts so far the last two years. It's either offense or defense for me. Sometimes I was a former offensive lineman. I'll go with Quentin Nelson myself. And I think just watching him play such a mauler as an offensive lineman just dominates possessions at times for this Colts team. And he's really bringing offensive line highlights back. I see sometimes uh, some viral blocks for Quentin Nelson. And just the way he's able to manhandle opponents almost every time, and even as a rookie from day one last year, now in year two, entering into year three in 2020, he's getting better and better and better. And he's been a first-team all for the first two years, two years of his career, pro bowler as well. I just see a ceiling for Quentin Nelson where, I mean, if he keeps at this current pace, guys, I think he's a future Hall of Famer, to be honest, because you, you see a guy, Quentin Nelson, coach step from day one and dominate NFL defensive linemen the way he has. It's, it's very rare, to say the least. I'll go, for me, in Jacksonville, is Calais Campbell. And uh, it may have little to do with football. Uh, what it is is, you know, sometimes good guys don't win. He was just voted man of the year in the NFL. But before he got that award, the interaction with him and the way that he conducts himself and carries, I envy it. I'm a 50-year-old guy, and I'm looking at this 33-year-old man, and I think he gets it more than I do. So for me to see a guy who has it all together off the field, still get his flowers on the field and be rewarded and for people to, you know, because sometimes, you know, let's just face it. Some of my favorite athletes were guys that 
were not necessarily liked off the field until they got older. Muhammad Ali and people like that, Michael Jordan, and even Kobe. Kobe's like my favorite anything, you know, athlete or a singer or whatever, you know, entertainment person. Kobe Bryant was number one for me, and people didn't really appreciate him, I don't think, until he passed. To see Calais Campbell get his flowers while being a good man, and it's not fake and it's not phony, uh, I actually saw him on a plane coming from Vegas and uh, we exchanged pleasantries, you know. So um, I think Calais Campbell, to see, to, uh, the joy that I get from watching him be successful on the field hits me in a different spot because I know who he is off the field. And uh, for him to get his flowers and get his comeuppance on the field uh, to match what who he is as a man, I, I think that's fun for me as as just somebody who's observing it. Uh, here in Houston, the obvious choice is Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, the last win we saw from uh, the Texans against the Buffalo Bills, that play to get the win, I mean, it, it went viral within seconds because of how great he is. But as a former offensive lineman, I'm going to go with a guy that's under the radar. And I love watching Max Sharpen play football. Second-round draft pick at left guard. I think he is tremendously uh, underrated for what his talent is, and he's just great at football. And the thing about it is he's still young, so there's a lot of room for growth there, which is why early in the week I mentioned how I would like for us to get a new offensive coach outside of Mike Devlin because I don't want to see Devlin waste the talent and not grow that within – Max Sharpen. So the obvious choice for me is Watson, of course. DW4, we've called him Houdini, the Houston Houdini, or the Michael Jordan of football, whatever. But I love watching Max Sharpen play football at left guard. For me, I would have to go with another obvious choice, J.J. Watt. And we all know what Watt does on the field. But to me, this is a guy, he means so much to this city. When it's all said and done, he will have a spot on Houston's Mount Rushmore when it comes to athletes. This guy has done so much in the city. I'm pretty sure you guys remember back in 2017, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, um, this guy literally raised so much money when, you know, we was going through our um, issues with um, Hurricane Harvey. And, 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 and just another, and just another reason why he means more than his play on the field. I do not believe the Texans would have won that playoff game against the Buffalo Bills if it wasn't for the inspiration of J.J. Watt having surgery on his on his shoulder and coming back, what was it, like a month later after he was ruled out the rest of the season? Like just having him just in the midst of being with this team, the work he does with the city, I mean, you can't help but to love a guy like Watt. Those are excellent answers. I, I mean, we got – two offensive linemen, two guys talking about the contributions off the field. Uh, really, really inspiring stuff from Clayus Campbell and J.J. Watt, two of the the best guys in the entire league. And then to have two offensive linemen get get shouted out, of course, with some great players on, on every team, that's exactly what they're looking for. And mine is in a sim- similar vein there for the Titans. Uh, I love inside linebacker, off-the-ball linebacker, Jayon Brown. He was a fifth overall pick out of UCLA, considered an undersized guy. He's he's six foot if you look at the program, but without cleats, he's probably 5'10", 5'11", only right around 200 pounds. A lot of people considered him, 
you know, just a third down specialist at best. Uh, at worst, he'd just be a special teams guy that could help you out through the tutelage of uh, the parted inside linebacker coach for the Titans, Tyrone McKenzie. He's become one of the better three down linebackers in the NFL. He is one of the best pass coverage linebackers. He flies all around the field. He communicates on the defense and, and tells everybody their plays and gets everyone lined up. And you look at someone like Rashawn Evans, who's really blossomed in his second year as an inside linebacker. He's able to be aggressive and shoot through those shoot through the gaps and penetrate and kind of play instinctively because Jayon Brown is behind him to back him up. And it's not just that for me, for him being my favorite player to cover on the team. Kevin Byard's another one in there. I, I feel bad that I had to go, but you got to pick one. Uh, so I did go with Jayon Brown because I, I really enjoy his personality. He's very positive guy in all the interviews, all the promos for the team. You see him at practice on the field. He's a very uplifting guy, doesn't get down on himself or down on his teammates. And even when he's trying to help people out and coach people up, he's really positive. The smile on his face is infectious. And I think you've got to have people like that in any walk of life, whether it be office work or construction or, or football, you got to have people who are positive to, to lift things up when things get tense. And he's got a really good personality. He's also a, a big Batman fan, which also I am. So that endears him to me. because you got similar things off the field that don't have anything to do with football. And just knowing his story of being a fifth round pick, he kind of embodies everything that this, era of Titans football is with John Robinson is is hitting on guys late in the draft who aren't just good players but turn out to be excellent people as well and that are fun people to to cover and, and have on your football team so I'm very appreciative to have uh, inside linebacker Jayon Brown on the Titans but those are all great answers this was a great week guys I, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, John and Cody and Tony and Evan joining us here for the ultimate division crossover. Mostly, I hope the listeners, you guys really enjoyed this as well. Got a good inside look at where all of the division rivals stand going into a big 2020 offseason where, you know, this is one of the best divisions in the NFL. It's going to be very competitive. And even the teams on, on the bottom, like Jacksonville and the Colts who didn't make the playoffs, all it takes is a couple quick moves and they could be right back on. So really appreciated having you guys all on. If you guys want to say a few things, feel free to, to go in order. But I've just been uh, very appreciative and, and it's uh, a blessing, you know, to be able to talk with you guys and, and, and record this content and, and cover these teams. It's been great. No, I'll go first. It's fun. Uh, I just say this when I think about these different cities, uh, I, I think about, I, I hear about Indy all the time. I got to get up there. I heard that if you check in downtown, you don't have to get a car. You don't have to go anywhere because everything's right there. And I keep hearing about the steakhouse. That's the truth up there too. Uh, in Nashville, obviously I hear about uh, the downtown area and, and I hear the same thing in Houston. I just think about Jay Prince. I think about rap a lot records. I'm sorry, man. You know, that's just what it is. So, uh, uh, I think the AFC South, one thing is, is, uh, it's great to be able to have cities year after year where you can go to and you really enjoy it. Jacksonville has the greatest, uh, weather beaches, golf courses. And, uh, you, you guys come down here, man. I'll show you a good time. I promise. I'll tell you one thing, John here. I, I don't want to come down for no beaches. I want to come down for an edge up. I got you, man. You that's know. all I need, man. I see them edge ups <laughs> on Twitter all the time, and uh, that's exactly what I want. But um, we look at 
the the division as a whole, I think this division can finally get the respect it deserves. For the longest, this division was ran by Peyton Manning. You know, the Texans had a couple years, and then uh, Andy and, and Andrew Luck came, and he went to the AFC South title, I mean, the AFC title game a couple of times, and so now. And then we know the Titans had that 13-3 and three year with Kerry Collins, uh, which was one of those years I hated that Vince Young wasn't their quarterback because I believe they could have won the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, even with Jacksonville, they went to the AFC title game. This division now in the last 10 years has talent around this entire division where it's not the laughing stock of the NFL as a whole anymore. The AFC South, the NF- AFC East is still terribly, terribly bad bad rather um and you're just looking around the entire league the nfc north that's bad i'm happy to see the afc south get the the the, the respect it deserves yeah absolutely evan with uh with a minute or so to go you got anything else to say yeah i just wanted to add in just uh from where the afc south was a couple of years ago to the point it is now with houston being so good tennessee improving at light year speed the colts hopefully being just a couple moves away same with jacksonville this division all of a sudden now used to be a laughing stock right in the NFL, but now all of a sudden heading to the 2020s, guys, because it might be one of the best divisions in football. So AFC South is definitely on the come up. Yeah, it most certainly is. And uh, everybody is doing great work on their individual podcasts as well to go along with the performance we're getting from these teams. It is going to be an excellent, excellent season, and hopefully the AFC South continues to represent as one of the best divisions in football. We are going to be back all together, of course, in the regular season, doing some more crossover episodes as the games unfold. Can't wait to do all that for Cody and John from Locked On Texans, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars, and Evan Sidery from the Locked On Colts. I am your host, Tyler Rowland from the Locked On Titans, and thank you for tuning in to this AFC South Ultimate Division Crossover.